0: That's dot com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host,
1: Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name's Chad Young. You can find me on Twitter at Chad Young. As expected, the Nats called up Cade Cavalli for his debut Friday. They also activated infielder Luis Garcia, released Michael Franco, and placed Cole Reagans on the IL. But Cavalli is the story here. Unfortunately, not a great story. He lasted just four and a third innings, He gave up seven runs on six hits and a couple of walks with six strikeouts. He didn't give up a home run, so that is good. He did manage 13 whiffs on 99 pitches. His curve did the heavy lifting And he didn't get hit that hard, never giving up a ball over 101.4 miles per hour. In fact, the Reds had just a 179x batting average for the game, despite getting nine hits. So I'd argue this is better than it looks on the surface. Garcia, by the way, who I still think is an interesting player with some breakout potential, was one for four with an RBI and a stolen base. He was hitting second in his return to the lineup. If Cavalli wasn't the biggest news of the day, it's only because the Phils activated Bryce Harper off the IL. Harper returned alongside Bailey Falter, with Yairo Munoz headed back to the minors to make room. Falter replaced Zach Wheeler, who was placed on the IL. Harper was in the cleanup spot as the DH, went one for four with a two-run single, and his first plate appearance back. Falter started and lived up to my expectations as a risky but decent streamer. He got a win and a quality start. Went six, gave up three and five hits with six strikeouts, zero walks. Not something I'm real excited about using again in the future, but with a good matchup like this, it played out well. With Nolan Arenado headed to the paternity list, Juan Yepes was back for the cards. He just got a pinch hit plate appearance Friday, was 0 for 1. Curious to see what kind of playing time he gets, but there isn't really a ton of room for him right now. The cards, by the way, also got back closer Ryan Helsley from the restricted list on Friday. A flurry of moves for the Padres. Out go Matthew Batten to the minors, Jose Castillo, same, and Jorge Alfaro to the 10-day IL. In come Hugh Darvish, back from the paternity list, and Luis Camposano and Ugaio Rosario, both up from the minors. Rosario was the only one of those three to see the field Friday. He was 0 for 1 as a pinch hitter. The Marlins activated Garrett Cooper off the 7-day IL, and to make room, designated Jesus Aguiar for assignment. The occasionally impressive power hitter wasn't doing a whole lot this year. It's not a surprise the Marlins determined he isn't part of their long-term plans. Another team headed to Toronto, another set of players outed as unvaccinated. This time it's Ryan Teppera, Aaron Loop, and Taylor Ward of the Angels who were put on the restricted list. Ward, the biggest fantasy impact, the other two are decent relievers, but missing a weekend of action just isn't that big a deal from a fantasy perspective. Already mentioned a couple of upcoming returns, Davis Martin back for the White Sox today, David Peterson to start for the Mets. But a couple of new pieces of news, Luis Gonzalez expected to rejoin the Yankees today, and Dallas Keuchel getting another of his nine lives as he joins the Rangers to start against Detroit today. Justin Steele has been stellar since the All-Star break, was pulled early Friday with lower back tightness. He was at 88 pitches, so it's not that early, but he lost a shot at a quality start as he got pulled at five and a third, having given up a run on four hits with six strikeouts and four walks. The four walks is ugly, but the rest... Yeah, pretty good. Would be unfortunate if he had to miss some time given how he's performing. Lamont Wade Jr. scratched with hip tightness Friday. Stay tuned to see if he'll miss some time. One other update. Adbert Alzale will make a Triple A start on Saturday as he continues to work his way back. Finally, a couple of extensions. Tyler Glass now signed with the Rays through 2024. And the big one, Julio Rodriguez signed a contract with a bunch of layers. Super interesting. Go read about it. Long and short of it is, he's going to be a mariner for a very long time, and he will become very rich in the process. Congrats to both J-Rod and Glass now on those deals. On the field Friday, Mookie Betts had a day, four for six, three runs, four RBIs, a pair of home runs, a stolen base, one of the best in the game, just doing it again. Joe Adele had a pair of home runs as well, going four for five with three runs and three RBIs. If he can keep making contact, he can do big things. An unexpected combo meal from Yandy Diaz. Three for four, two runs, one RBI and a walk. That was just his eighth home run and his second stolen base. Can't be that common for a guy this late in the season to have that few of those and still get one of each in a game. I called Riley Green's name a couple times recently, and Friday he was three for five with a home run, a triple, three runs, four RBIs, and you can start to see it coming together for him. Young Kim, three for six, five RBIs and a run, plus his seventh home run on Friday. He's quietly had a really strong season. and While you could definitely not say they don't miss Tatis, Kim has at least made it a touch easier. The Cubs got two hits, and they were both Ian Happ home runs, and they were both two-run shots, and so the Cubs managed to win four to two off just that. Kind of crazy. Other home runs around the game, Peyton Burdick hit his second, Luke Boyd his 17th, Brian Reynolds his 21st, Rodolfo Castro his fourth, Ben Gamble number six, Andrew Velasquez hit his seventh, Mike Trout number 27, Brett Beatty who'd been cold since his debut hit his second on Friday, Xander Bogarts got his 11th, Jose Siri got his fourth, G-Man Choi is ninth, Nate Lowe his 21st, Ezekiel Turan hit his fourth. Mark Mathias hit number three, Ramon Urias number 14, Will Myers his second, Jay Cronenworth number 13, Nick Prado had a double as well as his fourth home run, Kyle Garlick just back with the Twins had three hits and three runs including his ninth home run, he was also leading off, sort of an interesting development there. Carlos Correa hit his 15th, Gary Sanchez his 12th, Dalton Varsho hit his 18th in a three hit night, Emmanuel Rivera got his 11th, AJ Pollock his 8th, Tyrone Taylor is 13th, Rowdy Telez is 27th, Tyler O'Neill is ninth. And we close the night with opposite ends of the spectrum. A gentleman named Jonah Bride hit his first for the A's. And a talented player with a bright future, a guy by the name of Aaron Judge, hit his 49th for the Yankees. Stolen bases, Luke Williams swiped his 11th, Cabrian Hayes his 14th. JT Realmuto now has 16. David Fletcher had three hits and stole his first of the year. George Springer swiped his 11th, Bubba Thompson nabbed his 7th. Adelis Garcia now has 21, Cedric Mullins is up to 26, Tommy Edmond matched that, and Ahmed Rosario swiped his 12th. On the mound, we're going to start with Kyle Bradish Against the Astros, eight shutout, allowing just two hits and two walks, striking out six, easily the most impressive start of his career. And as was noted by former first pitch host James Sciano on Twitter, it was the first time Bradish used his slider more than his fastball. He threw 49 sliders versus 33 fastballs, got 13 whiffs on that slider, Super impressive stuff from Bradish and a pattern worth watching. Garrett Cole, strong Friday, going seven and a third, allowing a run on three hits, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. That bride home run was the only damage he allowed. Mike Miner's been awful, but proved that anyone can shut down the Nats. He went seven strong, allowing just two runs and six hits, striking out seven without a walk. No way he does this again, right? Reed Detmers handled the Jays nicely, going five and a third shutout. He had four hits and three walks allowed. Not great, but the five strikeouts are nice. I actually thought Mitch White would be the better play in this one, but the Angels lit him up for seven runs on eight hits and five innings. Michael Walker had been so good lately, but gave up four runs on five hits and six innings to the Rays. He did have six strikeouts and just one walk, but two home runs, that is not great. Lance McCullers, not bad, but three walks and two strikeouts isn't great. He did throw five shutout, allowing just four hits, but a bit lucky given all those base runners. Very disappointing evening for Joe Musgrove. He lasted just three and two-thirds against Kansas City. Gave up five runs and eight hits, although only two of the runs were earned. That does help a little. Not enough, but a little. Joe Ryan still walking more than I would expect from him, but also pitching well. Six shutout against the Giants. Three walks and just two hits with eight strikeouts. I think he's going to show us another gear next year as he brings in those walks that have been hurting him a little bit lately. Johnny Cueto crashed back to earth, allowing seven runs on five hits and two walks in five innings. A couple of home runs contributed to that. He is not this bad, but he's not as good as he previously looked either. Tommy Henry lowered his ERA to 3.25, giving up just one over five to the White Sox. He gave up four hits and three walks, had just three strikeouts, so it wasn't all good. Plus, the White Sox, not as good an offense as their name might make you think. Freddie Peralta had a no hitter going through six, had walked one and struck out five and got pulled. The no-hitter and the shutout were both gone three hitters later. Just a shame for Peralta, who looked great. Spencer Strider strode all over the cards. Six innings, one run, six hits, a walk and seven Ks. Dude is just special. Finally, in the last game of the night, Logan Gilbert and Shane Bieber kept things moving in Seattle. Bieber gave up two runs, only one earned over seven, with five hits, nine strikeouts, zero walks. Gilbert was a little less clean, giving up eight hits in six and a third. Struck out just two, but didn't issue a walk. And like Bieber, only gave up two runs. Both of his were earned. That gives us a real nice transition to the bullpen portion of our show as the Pens in this one traded Zeros until the 11th when Emmanuel Classe threw three pitches, the third of which was a single to Mitch Hanniger that got the unearned Ghost Runner in from second to end that one and hand Classe his third loss. Craig Kimbrell pitched the eighth, trailing four to three, kept it right there. David Price got the ninth up five to four, but blew the save. He ended up getting the win, his second of the year, as the Dodgers piled on five in the top of the tenth. They ended up winning 10 to six. Brad Hand was the man in the ninth for Philly on Friday, getting a save in a one, two, three fashion, including a strikeout, his fifth on the year. Michael Gibbons blew a save in the eighth, but Carlos Estevez blew it right back. That resulted in Edwin Diaz getting his third win of the year. Daniel Bard took his fourth loss. Garrett Whitlock threw eight pitches. That was enough for an inning, a strikeout, and his sixth save of the year. Jose Leclerc got his second save for the Rangers, despite giving up two runs on two hits and a walk. He did strike out all three. I guess that's good, but that's an ugly save, and it won't get him many more chances. As we discussed yesterday, Christian Javier was available out of the bullpen, went three innings, giving up two runs, ended up taking the loss. That allowed the O's to win. Dylan Tate got his third save, but that's still Felix Bautista's bullpen. Tate's just living in it. Brandon Hughes blew another save for the Cubs, despite striking out the side in the eighth. Sean Newcomb got the win, and Manuel Rodriguez, his first save for the Cubs after that. Devin Williams gave up one of the half home runs to take the loss. Taylor Rogers, by the way, was perfect with a K earlier, if you're tracking what's going on in that Milwaukee pen. Wandy Peralta got his third save for the Yankees. He now has their last two saves on Tuesday and Friday, but Clay Holmes should be back very soon. With that we'll take a quick break and when we get back we'll move forward into today.
0: You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
1: And we'll start today with a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette.
0: Thank you very much. Well, we escaped
1: a narrow rain delay in Boston yesterday, and today we will see no weather issues whatsoever, so feel free to play everyone. I know I'm behind in my season long, and I really need this uh, day to go off without it, without a Any issues, and I think that will happen. So good luck to everyone that's in the same boat as me, and I hope you win and I win as well. Have a good one. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for someone to stream, there's a few options out there. Drew Smiley, Alex Cobb, David Peterson, Kyle Gibson. They're all going to be varying degrees of available, but they're all viable options if you can start them. As for where I'm getting my hitters going, I expect the Mariners to get to Zach Plesac. I also think I'll take a gamble on some Nats versus Luis Sessa. I know we just talked about how the Nats can be shut down by anyone, but they got some guys who can hit, right? Luis Garcia, he could be a good bet today. Finally, if you're trying to decide what to watch, I mean, Shohei is pitching, so you got to watch that. But Dustin May versus Sandy Alcantara, that is the big matchup of the day, and I'm sure a lot of eyes will be glued to it. On that note, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and we will be back with you tomorrow.